Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we speculate on the Dragon Warrior Heroes release date when that information is probably already available by the time you're listening to this. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including uh, a few more ways to play Doom in 2019 and a harder difficulty level for Fire Emblem. Then on Thursday, come back because we are going to be sorting various people and characters into the three houses of Fire Emblem. Three houses. But in the meantime, Mark, how you doing? I'm doing great. Yep. Uh, yesterday was nat- National Lasagna Day. Is that so? That is. So don't pretend that okay. you weren't celebrating. Now, hold on, because we, we have to specify that when you say yesterday, you do mean Sunday and not yesterday, Monday. No, from that the is not what I mean. That's no not one, what I mean. No one in I'm their doing... right mind would I... schedule National Lasagna Day on a Monday, infuriating Garfield. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's, a, I, it's a dangerous time. For the schedulers of National Lasagna Day, for sure. Did you celebrate? No. See, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know it was happening. I was t- too late. Oh well. Okay. Well, it's not too early to start your plans for next year. That's right. So we're only three hundred and sixty-four days away from National Lasagna only Day. Only three hundred sixty-four more shopping days until, until National Lasagna Day <laughs> mm-hmm. Part Two. I know what I'm going to get you next year. Uh, is it a Garfield mug that says "I hate Mondays"? No, it's lasagna. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That makes more sense. Mark, you know what I'm going to get you for Lasagna Day next year? My copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. What a dream. Yep. And uh, it's actually kind of a ripoff because you could get it for free for nothing just by emailing us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com and including your mailing address or a mailing address that you want me to send Sonic Forces to. I send it there. It comes back. Everyone wins. That's something we got going on. Another thing we got going on right now is uh, we want to play your Super Mario Maker 2 levels. Desperately. Desperately. Um, I We got a, a couple emails with um, some levels, which I have uh, uh, greedily been hoarding to myself and not sharing with Mark. Um, so thank you, Jonathan, and thank you, Isaac, for um, the, the levels that you sent us. Let me let me talk you through these levels. Please. Okay? Um, first, I'm, I'm going to hit up Isaac's because I was able to finish Isaac's level. <laughs> Um, Isaac sent a level that uh, your it's uh, Bowser Castle, uh, 16-bit Mario, um, and the lava is slowly rising. Ooh, yeah. Already, you're just like a oh, rising lava level. Yeah, tough. It is tough. Um, and then there's a lot of uh, jumping onto um donut blocks that are just one donut oh, block no. wide over a sea of lava. Um, and then and then once you clear this little obstacle, there's a line of uh big thwomps that are breaking the the very blocks that you stand on uh and then there are also fireballs coming up from the bottom so you can't just straight run across it you have to either like run and every now and then like skid back and turn around or like jump so that you're like just above the fireballs but still below the thwomps that are coming down very tricky and before you even say it let me guess yeah no checkpoints oh 
No, it's not really long enough for checkpoints. Gotcha. Uh, it, it is difficult enough for them, but no checkpoints. Um, and then, uh, and then there's a um, like spin jump off of a uh, of a thwomp that's in the lava into a upside down uh, dry bones shell that you then ride to the finish. Oh no, I'm so bad at any level that like requires me to use a specific jump. Yes, type like off of an enemy. Well, let me tell you about Jonathan's levels then. I so I, I finished I finished Isaac's level. The uh, uh, the sharing code will be in the description of this episode. Thank you, Isaac, for sending me that. Um, even though I found it difficult, I would I would like to play more. Um, Jonathan uh, sent two levels. One that he marked as uh, difficult, and uh, the other one as expert. Now the expert one requires some shell jumps where you like hurl the shell and it bounces off the wall in the air and then you jump off of it um which i'm just not good at oh yeah that sounds hopeless for me i i I pulled it off once and then was like oh i might be done (laughs) i might be done with this level and then uh the the other one he sent is a uh a spin jump it's like all focused around um spin jumping off of um, spinies and collecting coins. Um, so it is, uh, uh, again, a lot of, you know, square perfect jumps that you have to pull off. And it's with the spin jump, which has slightly different physics than the regular jump. Um, I got very close to beating this one, um, but did not, did not do it. Jonathan, you got to dumb it down for us. Here's the thing. Uh, this level, I do want to, like, I'm going to go back. I'm going to try it. I'm, I'm going to, by this time next week, I will have beaten Jonathan's level. Put it in the, the book. The first one. <laughs> uh, not, not the, not the, the uh, shell tipping one. Um, so, uh, it, it, since part of our discussion about um, the Mario level, Mario Maker levels that we've been playing, uh, is like kind of goes to the idea of you know like talking about how levels are made and like what we like in level design and what we don't like in level design. Um, I would say that any of those levels that require like advanced Mario technique, um, I'm not super excited about. Um, where like I get to a point where I'm like, oh, this is gonna require something that I wouldn't wouldn't use as like a matter of course while normally playing Mario. Um, even if it is something that the character technically can do, I'm not gonna be excited about it. But that's, I'm sure there's a whole uh, community of people who are very excited to play. Yeah, I'm excited to check these out now that I know they exist. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of something that you know it exists. Donkey Kong 3. It is out there, people. <laughs> Looming. Yeah. Like a gorilla in a glass greenhouse. Yes. Um, we are uh, putting on a Donkey Kong 3 high score run. Did I say country again? No, you didn't. You okay. nailed it. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Um, Donkey Kong 3, it's on uh, your Nintendo Switch. You can play it now. We are having a high score race to see who can get the highest score. No cheating. That's right. No and using no the rewind feature. Right. And if you're friends with Billy Mitchell, no submitting his scores as your own. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. Okay, so Billy <laughs> oh, yeah. Mitchell. You got to think gone. of all the ways Billy Mitchell's of Billy trying Mitchell. to get in this. Gone. No, and no, no, no. You can be a friend of Billy Mitchell. Yeah. You just can't submit Billy Mitchell's score as your own. Okay. All right. That's, that, that's fair. Honor system here, people. Also, so, special announcement here. Oh, yeah. We have a prize. Mark, what? <laughs> they're socks. They're not just any old socks. Right. They're unused socks. And they're not just any old unused socks. <laughs> I'm surprised you're leading with unused. <laughs> it's an important distinction. You're right. Because we're trying to incentivize people right. to participate. It's not a punishment. Exactly. 
Um, they're Donkey Kong socks. Now, not Donkey Kong 3 socks, because those don't exist. No, why would they? There's a niche in the market just yes. waiting to be filled. <laughs> um, it's two pair. Mark, you know what this has me thinking? This has me thinking that we need to open a Donkey Kong 3 apparel store. Yeah, exclusively Donkey exclusively Kong Exclusively Donkey Kong 3. For left-handed people. <laughs> I mean, sure. Also, mm-hmm. I'm vying for these socks myself. Because I have a high score of 70,500 uh, in so, Donkey Kong 3 right now. So can you tell me uh, how, how that score is achieved? Like what, what level, how many times have you driven Donkey Kong back up to the top of the... Okay, let's think. Um, okay, first of all, it's important to note that we're judging all these, all these scores off of like ver- game type A. Because you have the choice between yes. A and B. Uh, which I didn't know because I've never really played this game before. Uh, but we're judging off of game type A because that's the one I played. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the lead. Um, as far as I know. Right. Uh, so I made it through, let's see, the first one is maybe like is, is driven that, like it, five okay. or six times. Because what you really get points for is protecting two, your two flowers, things. right? Protecting your flowers. And if you protect all of them, you get like a 3,000 point bonus. So that's huge. Right. You get, but you also get points for the amount of time left on the clock for you to drive Donkey Kong up. Right. And you get points for killing like the bugs. Okay. So this game is fine. Like, it's not. I think that's being generous. It, no, it, it is. Well, actually, okay. When I first played it, I was like, this is terrible. Right. And then I got like 3,000 points and it was like, this is unbeatable. And, like, nobody will ever get more than 3,000 points after I died on the first level after, like, (laughs) two seconds. Um, Just because people will give up. But the more I did it, it was, uh, you know, in Kill Bill, Volume 1 or Volume 2, when she is... Yeah, when she's in the coffin. She's, she's like, buried alive in in the coffin and is just, like, punching her way through. And then then it uh, cuts back to her training with Pai Mei for like 45 minutes and you forget that she's buried alive. But she still is. Yes. This is my experience playing Donkey Kong 3. Buried alive! But worth it for those pair of unused socks. You can get... The the important part of this is you, dear listener, can get in on this Donkey Kong 3 tournament. All you have to do is send us like a screenshot of your high score. You could even take a picture with your phone. It doesn't matter. Oh, it, yeah. That, that, that's fine. You Some can, sort of photo- photographic evidence. That's right. And you can email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Or you can tweet at us at Nincart Society. That is fair play as well. All right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. So we've already discussed that we've both been playing uh, either Super Mario Maker and uh, Donkey Kong 3. But Mark, let me tell you about a game I've been playing called Fire Emblem Three Houses. I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on this game. So I love this game. It's amazing. Um, and I know that what I'm about to, do, what I'm about to say about it uh, is all information that we knew about it going in. Um, and for whatever reason, I wasn't like, this is exactly what I've always wanted wanted in a video game, but it is exactly all I've ever wanted in a video game. Um, it, uh, you know, it revolves around you're at this school. You are a teacher, and when you show up at the school, you meet all of all three classes, all three houses, um, and they're made up of the leader of the house, who are the characters that are like front and center. They're all on the cover of the game, um, including Claude, our good boy that we liked from before, um, as the leader of the Golden Deer. 
Um, and then also there's like another seven or eight other characters that are in each class. And, you know, every class has a couple duds and every class has a couple like super studs. Yeah. A couple studs <laughs> and a couple babes. <laughs> um, and there, so like there's, making the initial decision of like who uh, who I was actually going to back was almost impossible because whoever I was talking to at that moment seemed like the right choice oh, for so me. Oh, so you don't have to decide immediately. Like you get to meet them a little yeah, bit first. Yeah, you get to meet oh, them first. That's great. And I you love get that. to you get to talk to uh, each of the house leaders about the rest of the people in their house um and like you get to talk to other people in the church like about the church, the school, it's all kind of one thing um, about like what the houses mean and about like who the people are in the house. Um, and like everyone seems kind of cool. Like I like most all of these characters, which is insane because it's like 24, uh, 27 characters, something like that. So how do you choose? Uh, well, so I went with the golden deer um, because I fell in love early with Claude um and that's mostly it um th there's also this like big hulking dude who wears a shirt that's too small mm -hmm. uh that's in that house um that i like a lot uh and then i was kind of like you know what everyone else that i like in these other houses i can recruit um because this is something that you can do as you're uh like you know participating in what's going on at the school um is like you can meet with the students in other houses either on their birthdays or like you can schedule meals with them or give them gifts or find things that they've lost or uh get little fetch quests for them because you're like a professor the headmaster or something yeah you're, you're a professor that's like the leader of um one of the houses do you get to customize your character no it, it's just a male female gotcha. uh binary and there's no uh, character customization, but honestly, that's that's okay. Um, I never really it doesn't that doesn't really matter that much um, to me. Um, and then uh, fr from there, it just sort of plays like Fire Emblem. Um, it did take me a while after the, the, there's a there's a fight very early on in the game uh, that sort of like you know shows you here's what fights are in fire emblem um and then it did take a little bit to like get back to the you know turn-based strategy um combat uh and that there was a second there where i was like is this going to keep me away from what i like about fire emblem with like all this other stuff um even if i like that too i'm you know there's a little bit where i'm like ah, i i want to do fire emblem stuff um and that could be an issue but if you just want to do that stuff you can tell the game to basically play the social part of it by itself. Like when you, when you get like off the battlefield. So if, if you're saying that if like the part of Fire Emblem that interests you is the battles, like the strategy yes. part, then the other part you can have autoplay. Is the reverse true for somebody like me who is more interested in being like a professor at a wizard school? So uh, two things. One, there is a normal mode difficulty and an easy mode difficulty. And then there is a, uh, a normal mode as far as uh, permadeath is concerned, which means that when characters die, they stay dead. And then there is a casual mode, which when characters die, they come back at the end of the fight. So that's already like two ways to like tweak the difficulty. And those are different. So it's like those I can, separate, do, I can yes. do easy and have permadeath or I right. can do easy and have people come back to life. Right, okay. or you could do normal and permadeath, or normal and people come back to life. Gotcha. Um, and then on top of that, yeah, there is an auto battle feature. 
Um, you'll still want to, uh, you know, make sure people are out outfitted with like the right weapons and that you're leveling them like appropriately and stuff. Um, but I think if you set it on easy, no permadeath, did auto battle and then did auto um, like instruct, uh, the game could basically play itself. <laughs> But you have the opportunity to play it, and it's wonderful, um, and I love it dearly. Um, I'm I'm on a, uh, a a turtles deadline this week. I've got a deadline on Friday, so all I wa- but all all I want to do is play, and I can't. I uh, do you think somebody like me who is not interested in like the strategy RPG part of it would, but is very much interested in like the other half would yeah. it's worth buying because i've been so on the fence with this game i mean it's it's just so good at the social end of it that yeah i mean and yeah yeah i mean i i i, I do um i really also like the strategy um elements of the game so maybe i'm uh, I'm, I'm biased in that way but it's just it's so it's just so satisfying like every time um I'm out in the battlefield and my characters like gain levels or like do something um, or like grow in a specific skill. Um, I immediately am like filled with pride in these for these characters because it's like, oh, we set that goal together. Yeah, like, they're your studs and babes. They're my studs and babes. It's so wonderful. And I would encourage everyone to give it a shot if you're even remotely interested. It's just that good i mean i got these vouchers burning a hole in my pocket oh yeah oh shoot we we gotta talk about vouchers later don't we oh yeah we do we'll 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 get there we'll we'll get get there. there in a bit uh first let's get to the new releases today july 30th um the equivalent of boxing day for lasagna national lasagna day is two days after the holiday is that boxing oh, day right <laughs> Dar- no 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 no. L- national lasagna day was on monday today is tuesday i thought you said it was on sunday no you're the one oh. who said that it was on sunday i said it was not because you were like why would they put it on monday to anger the garfield gods and yeah, i was like yeah that, that was silly of that them. is what happened yeah oh my gosh <laughs> today july 30th morphe's law remorphed is released for the the Nintendo Switch. So you remember Morphe's Law was, man, probably like a year ago. Um, it was featured in a Nindy Direct. Yes. And it's like the first-person team-based shooter where it kind of has like a uh, Day of the Dead type look to it. And as you're shooting somebody, their like body or head gets bigger and bigger. Yeah, the part of them that you're shooting gets either bigger or smaller, depending on what kind of weapons you're using. Yeah, and I, I that looked like a really fun mechanic. Um the game came out to not very good reception, so this seems like they're um, taking a shot at kind of like re- uh, relaunching the game. Uh, on August 1st, Hamsterdam comes out. It's uh, not the episode from Season 3 of The Wire. I had to make a note here. Uh, and then I also had to make a note, so it's just based on the concept of Hamsterdam from Season 3 of The Wire? That's right. So if you've never seen The Wire before, it's very much like this game, where there's an anthropomorphic hamster who's a kung fu... That's right. Like person i was gonna say kung fu ninja but that feels wrong kung fu ninja yeah i mean it seems redundant if nothing else they, like just yes. be a ninja or just do kung fu yeah i mean ninja implies like a, a lifestyle though right like ninjas are criminals are ninjas criminals yeah they murder people <laughs> and steal stuff they're bad people you know what let's not litigate ninjas right now we're talking about <laughs> hamsterdam uh it's a indie game beat-em-up type game where you play as a hamster that does kung fu 
You may be a ninja. And, I don't and know that much. Heroin about it. is legal. <laughs> right. Yes. Exactly. Okay. All right. Um, and then Chroma Squad, which is a tactical RPG about five stunt actors who decide to quit their jobs and start their own Power Rangers inspired TV show. Awesome. Or so says the the uh like copy for this on the Switch's website, um, Nintendo's website. I mean, that sounds great. It does sound great. And then Pandemic, which I'm bringing up out of obligation because I brought it up before right. as something that I was excited about. So it would just seem silly to not mention it again here. So is the difference that before it was a physical release and now it is on the eShop? Are you talking about Pandemic? Yes. No. There's why? no difference. Then why did we bring it up last week? Uh, because I was like, hey, there's a release date for it. Oh, very good. And that release date is August 1st. <laughs> um, all right. So those are the new releases. Mark, let's close out this little uh, portion of the show. And now it's time for a regular segment on the show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, where a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the du- for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, Mark, today we are talking about Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of... Of the Crystal Skull. That's right. Per your request. Yeah, because I, I watched it. It's on Netflix right now. Yes. I uh, watched maybe like a half or three-fourths of it uh-huh. uh, last prior, night. Prior to watching this much of it last night, when is the last time that you saw it? Theaters, I would guess. I think theaters for me, too. Well, and it had been on Netflix for a while, and I was avoiding it because I remember seeing it in theaters and thinking it was fine, but it has such like a terrible reputation. It's got a real bad reputation, yeah. That and I totally like, you know, am guilty of being a person who's like, there's only three Indiana Jones movies. What are you talking about? You know, like that sort of thing. Right. But I'm here to tell you, it's not that bad. No, and really with Temple of Doom is already out there. No, like I actually I, I am also a Temple of Doom defender. Oh, you are. Um, but I think yeah, but for different reasons. But no, I I think Kingdom uh Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That's right. Singular Skull Kingdom <laughs> is like a, there's a lot in it that's a lot of fun. Like the action sequences for the most part are really good. Like yeah. the entire first sequence from um like the opening all the way to right before he uh goes into like the uh, nuclear test facility area. Yeah. Like all of that is just like pretty much nonstop awesome. Yeah. And then like even some of the you know, like when he's like hanging out with Mutt and they're first like t- doing their deal and uh they like the Russians come over, they fake a fight in the diner, or they like force a fight in the yeah, diner yeah. to like get away and like those like action beats are really good. The parts where it's like it does fall short is the connecting tissue. Cause there's just mm. like so many ideas in that movie that never get developed. And so, and I also think it was a mistake to bring Karen Allen back, even though the like the idea of bringing back Marion is right. such like a right, fun right. idea, but in it doesn't really it doesn't work at all in practice. Right. Um. Yeah. I yeah, I saw this movie with Sarah and my sister, and we had fun at the theater. And then like afterwards, we're like, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And like, I can we talk about nuking the fridge for a second? Because I don't know. What's wrong with that? I completely agree. I think people like, put it on blast as like this is when a, a movie franchise goes wrong, right? 
is I, when the fridge gets nuked. Well, and I also think that uh, the I like iconography of Indiana Jones, you know, like he gets out of the fridge, yeah, and there's an int- this huge like mushroom cloud, and he's standing there in his very like iconic Indiana Jones pose. Like that, it, it's very like interesting and like powerful imagery. Yeah. But I, again, I think it's one of those things that like the movie doesn't really have a, a like a, a take on it, or it's like not. Well, yeah, it's not Chernobyl. No, though. no, no. no like, but what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is like it's not like it's like acknowledges the fact that like hey, Indy is in like this different like era. Yeah. But there is nothing. There's no like through line to any of it. Like at the very beginning, you know, uh, right after that, he is in a room with the FBI and they're like, you might be a commie. Nothing ever happens with, you know, like, there's like, well, in the, the crystal skull at one point is maybe has psychic powers, but nothing is done with that really. Right. Well, and like everything is just like updated a little bit, right? Like the Nazis are now Russians. And instead of it being like a religious artifact, it is now a outer space, but we find out actually interdimensional, not that that matters. Um, artifact. Um, And, like, I kind of appreciate the effort to uh, update it for, like, a different era of, like, serial adventure storytelling. Yeah, I think the idea is really fun. I think, like, the problems are just, like I was saying, like, a lot of ideas that aren't developed. The Crystal Skull itself is really, really Mm ill-defined. Like, um, and I think think Temple of Doom has this problem as well. When are they going to find the vodka in there? (laughs) Dan Aykroyd put vodka in that skull. They just need to find it. Exactly. Is all, is all I'm saying. But it did actually kind of make me excited for an Indiana Jones 5. Yeah. So I think there's a lot to like in Indiana Jones 4. And I think, as terrible as this sounds, we've gotten a lot better at, like, fake rebooting these series. Totally. You know, like, I think The Force Awakens has kind of set, like, a um, template for how you do this, which is basically what they did with um, The Last Crusade, which is just like, oh, we should just do a Mad Libs version of the first movie. Yeah. Because it's fun. And that's what I imagine the Indiana Jones 5 will end up being. Um, Also, I've pitched this uh, like everywhere. I've probably pitched it here. Um, A new Indiana Jones should be the the Adventures of Grown-Up Short Round, who's just taken the name Indiana Jones. Because that's not his name either. That's a great idea to end this on. We were accompanied today... Uh, clicked away uh, by the Victoria Symphony as conducted by Tanya Miller. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. Super Smash Brothers version 4.0 is going to be released in the next week. So shortly after this episode is out on July 30th, Nintendo is hosting a presentation where they will reveal more details about the hero DLC character from Dragon Quest, including a release date. So, by the time you're listening to this... Right, you'll have the information. Right, exactly. Um, What do you think is the likelihood that version 4.0 and the hero are not available later in the day? Like, what, what, what is the likelihood that the video isn't like, and all this is available now? I don't know. I, don't, I guess I don't know what like, the benefit of holding it would be. Holding it until later in the yeah, week? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. I'm not sure. Well, if that is true, mm-hmm. probably by this point, it may be too late. But don't update if you have uh, if you have replays that you want to view. Because, as with any major version updates of Smash, once 4.0 is installed, you won't be able to play uh, replays, say, from older versions. So you have to save those replays now, and you can do that in the vault. That's so funny to think that like all of those replays 
are like if you tried to play them in the update that it would be using like the new uh like balance uh, info for for the characters so that like hits would deal a little bit more damage than they did last time or like someone flies a little less far or something yeah so they're uh, just like oh you can't do that yeah, yeah just like uh, no trash it the course upload limit for Super Mario Maker 2 has been raised from 32 levels to 64. According to the in-game message announcing the change, the limit will be raised one more time in the future. From 64 to 128? Uh, who knows? Um, that's a lot of levels to upload. Um, I think I've uploaded three, four, maybe? That was one of the things people loved to complain about when this game first came out, was that it only allowed you to upload 32 levels. Uh, that seems like insanity, though. Like, who, how, what is the bare minimum amount of time that you can, like, work on a level? That's worth playing. Right. Because uh, when, when I make a level, it takes me a long time. They're not great levels, but I've worked on it for, like, three hours. Maybe four. I also think if you're a prolific level maker. Yeah. Um, Take some down. Yeah. Curate. Yeah. Come on. You're, you're basically, at that point, just like a stand-up comedian. You're always making new levels. You're trying to, like, you know... Keep the best material in and throw the old ones out. That's right. And now you have 64. 64 jokes. You Now you have twice as many jokes. You're trying to fill an hour instead of a half an hour. Yeah. Um, I like that you broke it down in terms that everyone can understand. <laughs> Stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy. Something I've never done. Um, Nintendo is bringing a new difficulty level to Fire Emblem Three Houses post-launch. This will not help uh, Mark, who is interested in uh, not... That's right. This is the opposite of anything I could yep. ever want. Mm -hmm. In an interview with Famitsu, the game's director, Genke Yokata, confirmed that, like other Fire Emblem titles, Lunatic difficulty will be available for free after an uh, update coming shortly after launch. No specific time frame was shared. Um, here's why I think this is a good idea. Um, as I am playing Fire Emblem Three Houses, I am painfully aware that I am that all of the interactions I'm having, or the majority of the interactions I'm having, are between the leader of uh, the house, Claude, and myself. Um, and I am missing out on what's happening in two other corners of this game. So when I finish it, I will likely want to play again. Um, but do I want to kind of go through all of the same stuff at exactly the same level? Maybe, but maybe not. Maybe at that point I will want, maybe I will understand the system so much better at that point, um, and I will want more difficulty. And I think that's what Lunatic is for. Right. But also, like, if you replayed it on New Game Plus with a different house, your experience is probably going to be very different. Uh, y well, I don't, is it a New Game Plus mode? I believe that exists, yeah. Oh, okay, I don't know. But wh basically what you're saying is that yeah. your interactions in Fire Emblem Three Houses have been too sane. And so you need a lunatic mode. Well, Am I, I reading I, you right? You are not. <laughs> Interesting. That doesn't sound like me at all. <laughs> uh, last week, we discussed the problems players are experiencing with Joy-Con Drift and a class action lawsuit filed against Nintendo. Um, Joy-Con Drift, of course, is something that seems to be happening to a lot of Joy-Cons where the like thumbstick is not working properly. And so it causes it the like cursor or whatever, the controls to continue to move even after you've let go of it. Yeah, for me, this is taking the form of um, uh, a, a left input, uh, that when I am, I am walking left, if I let go of the control stick, it will probably continue to uh, have left uh, input, even though I'm not touching the stick anymore. Since then, probably because of all the negative publicity around it, and it was being picked up by like all the major outlets, um, 
Nintendo of America has quietly taken the step of offering free repairs to people experiencing the issue, and you can get a refund if you previously paid to have your Joy-Con repaired, which is like 40 bucks. Uh, and this is all uh, whether or not uh, you are within the uh, one-year warranty um, of buying the Switch. Uh, they don't care about that anymore. Just if anyone's experiencing this, you can give them a, a call and they will fix them for you. And this doesn't seem to be true in all regions. Oh, um, yeah, we know it's in the U.S. Uh, last I read, like Nintendo of France wasn't doing this, and possibly other places. So. France, Nintendo. <laughs> but, yeah, shame on you. Well, the, the, we usually we, we used to reserve this shame for Capcom. Right. Boo. And now, boo. Capcom and uh, FedEx Kinkos. <laughs> boo. I thought we were turning around on Capcom. Have we? Have we not? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we have. We have. Okay. Okay. Um, on Friday, Nintendo and Chinese mega corporation Tencent are holding a joint press conference to speak about their plans for the Switch launch in China. This is a big deal for Nintendo because it's yeah. a huge market that they just have not really been participating in. Um, so are we going to watch this press conference? What can we expect out of this press conference? Really just they're going to be releasing the Switch. Yeah, maybe like a release date. Mm -hmm. Maybe a price. That, that's yeah, probably, that, that's probably that, pretty much it. Great. Uh, as part of QuakeCon 2019, Bethesda surprise dropped the original Doom, Doom 2, and Doom 3 on Switch, PS4, and Xbox last week. Um, this is such a weird move. Because um, Doom has been playable on everything. Like, mm -hmm. famously, right? Right. D Doom, like, I know we make jokes now about, like, oh, uh, Skyrim runs on a, you know, whatever. Um, but, like... That's version 2.0 of the joke. Version 1 is Doom is playable on everything. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's like actually selling the game in 2019 feels weird to me. And Doom 2. Doom 1 and Doom 2 are, as far as I'm concerned, having not really played either of them, the same game. I remember going over to my friend's house. He, he lived across the street from me. Yes. And they had like a gaming computer. Yeah. And you seen, bet they did. Like, And seen Doom to running and just thinking it was one that I was going to get in huge trouble because it was a very violent game. Yeah. That I was not allowed to play violent games. You were not. And two, it just looked amazing. Yeah, it does not look amazing. <laughs> um, and then also uh, Doom 3 was like a, a big deal in the lead up to it, but was sort of like uh, kind of fizzled out, right? Like, I don't know. I, I have no idea. See, I feel like this is the narrative around Doom 3 is that everyone knew that it was like coming and I, I remember... Uh, reading articles about like how realistic the lighting effects were in it or something like that um, and being confused about that that there was like early enough in time that like lighting effects and the importance of them didn't make sense to me <laughs> um, and then the game just sort of like uh, performed the way it performed and it wasn't really until uh, the Doom uh, like sort of relaunch a couple of years ago that the series kind of regained its uh its place of uh, prominence. Somebody, I someday I would love for somebody to explain to me the difference between the functional difference between Doom and Quake. Mm, no. <laughs> uh, one thing about these ports: currently, you're forced to create or log into a Bethesda.net account in order to play the games. Uh, but after complaints from players, Bethesda commented that the Bethesda.net requirement was so people who log in to play the classic games could be rewarded in the upcoming Doom Eternal. However, they say it was it should have been optional and will be removed and they're they're going to remove the requirement in the future. Um I uh, that's 
I guess it is right that they should uh, have it be optional. I don't like that it's like a, a, a scandal kind of story. And I know that people have been upset about it. Um, but like, I like the idea that if they're going to be re-releasing these older games, um, that there would be some sort of reward attached to playing some of it in, in, the, in the new game. Um, that, that just feels cool and a fun way to like incentivize uh, celebrating the past of the series. Yeah, I think so too. I do think it's the right move to make it optional yes. instead of like mandatory. But uh, also, you know, they got to collect them email addresses. <laughs> it's so they true. They got to get their direct market on, baby. Because <laughs> if you like this, maybe you're going to be interested in uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood. There you go. Uh, tomorrow, July 31st, is your last chance to buy Nintendo Switch game vouchers. I can't believe we're already at the end of this window for this program so you can if you aren't familiar with them you get two vouchers for 99.99 and you can redeem them for two games so it's a savings of basically 20 dollars. yes um you must be a nintendo switch online member to buy the vouchers and when you go to redeem them right and vouchers are good for one year from the day to purchase and you can have up to four pairs of vouchers at a time so eight total voucher theoretically right so, when, but when you say pair of vouchers, that's just a voucher for two games, right? Well, no, they're individual. They, they count as individual. Okay, yeah, got yeah, it, got it. yeah. You buy a pair. Right, okay. So, the maximum like amount of money that you can have tied up in Nintendo at one time is $400. Yes. Okay. Um, how many of these vouchers have you purchased already? I bought, I bought two pair. Okay, you bought two pair. Uh-huh. I, I purchased one pair, um, and I'm, I'm definitely going to buy another pair. Um, because I'm going to play Luigi's Mansion, and I'm going to play Pokemon, uh, and I'm going to play uh, Link's Awakening. So maybe I'm going to need to buy two more pair. But I'm also tempted to, like... So if, if these are going to be good through July of next year... Uh, I know, I what know. What else comes but out between look, now I'm and tr- then? Look, I'm trying, I'm trying to convince my husband that it's like, it just makes sense for me to buy as many vouchers as I possibly can now. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't know if as many as you possibly can. <laughs> I'm making multiple Nintendo, like Nintendo Switch Online accounts. <laughs> Mark, Mark, don't do that. Don't do that. Mark, 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 Mark. I mean, because... Uh, I have $10,000 worth of vouchers. Ooh, I think two more, two more sets of vouchers for me, um, and that'll get me uh, Link's Awakening, and it'll get me Pokemon, and it'll get me Luigi's Mansion, and when it comes out, it'll get me Animal Crossing. Yeah, so I'm thinking if I buy two more, it'll probably... Or, sorry one more pair yeah it'll get me through the rest of the year because i'm gonna pick up Link's awakening and um dragon quest 11 is that what that game is yes yeah because of an elusive age Uh definitive edition (laughs) yes (laughs) both in september and then i'm gonna pick up luigi's mansion 3 and then pokemon and then i just don't know what i'm gonna do about fire Emblem three houses so and animal crossing yeah, but like that's that's next year Mark's problem. I I mean it is uh this financial year Mark's problem. So are you saying that I should buy three more pairs of vouchers? I don't know is what I'm saying. <laughs> Send my husband a text. Let him know that that's the fiscally responsible thing to do. We're saving sixty dollars in the long run. I mean it in it is true though, <laughs> like that these are games that you are going to buy. Right. Although not necessarily with Fire Emblem. That's sort of like. Let's not keep doing it. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, tomorrow's the last day in the U.S. that you can do it. So take advantage of it if you want. If you don't, that's cool too. 
Right. And if you want to fret about it a little bit more, send us some emails. But you only got a day, so get on it. Finally, um, I just wanted to talk about this because it was super cute. Japan is getting a really fun Switch bundle to go along with the Disney Tsum Tsum Festival game, which comes out in Japan on October 10th. Uh-huh. As far as I know, this bundle's only going to be available in Japan. You get a copy of the game, which don't care about, a code to download costumes in the game, super don't care about, but the Switch itself, let me describe it for you. Please. Has a purple left Joy-Con, yes. kind of like a neon purpley. Has a pink right Joy-Con, and the right Joy-Con, the home button has is like there's the home button then has two circles. It's above got it, mouse so it's ears. Like, it's Mickey Mouse. Oh, yeah. so very cute. Um, the there's like polka dots on it, but when you look closer, the polka dots are what would you call them? Like the uh, the symbols on face cards. Yeah, the suits on cards. Yeah, suits. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then there's like a design on the dock, and then a design on the back of the switch. It's just cute. It is, in fact, cute. Uh, Mark, you made a note here that it is the updated Switch with the longer battery life. Right. Which is also good to know. That it's a new Switch. Tangentially related. Please. Should I? Um, so I'm pretty mu- I know that I'm going to get the Switch Lite at some point. Should I wait to get one until the inevitable Animal Crossing Special Edition comes out? Ooh, great question. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, you're in no specific hurry to Right. I mean, what what is there a trip coming up um that you're like, "Oh man, I really want to have my uh, a switch light for that." Maybe you're traveling over Christmas, maybe? Yeah, like I I am going somewhere over Christmas. But if I knew that there, you know, I could hold out a couple more months yeah. for an Animal Crossing, which you will then edition. of course purchase with your vouchers. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, I think, yeah, hold out, right? I mean, at least, because you'll, you'll know by, like, oh, they'll wait until after the holiday season. Ooh, boy, they may not, if they are doing one, they may not announce it until, like, late February. Right. Yeah, wait, just wait. You'll be fine. Um, yeah, it'll be fine. Okay. Um, all right, Mark, that is, uh, that's it for the news. Let's get out of the news. And hey, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, remember to please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you could share it somewhere, like in a wishing fountain. People are throwing in uh, pennies and stuff to show up and be like, hey, did you listen to this week's Nintendo Cartridge Society? This is a good plan. Um, or on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. That helps us out tremendously. On Twitter, I am at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. You can check out the Facebook page, also, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8 or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers. Not totally clear on what a Sum Sum is. Thanks for listening. Campfire.